All right, everybody, welcome to episode 145 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how you doing, man? I am doing great. It's such an exciting week coming up. It has been a crazy, crazy, crazy week. And it, I mean, it is every year. Let's face it. I mean, cut down. Every team had to cut down to 53 guys. Uh, some guys are even making cuts today, uh, you know, to make room for guys that were cut from other teams. So we're going to get into uh, all the fantasy relevant ones and, uh, and, Check out some of the other news that's going on. But first, Drew, crazy stat of the week. We're going to pull this out sometimes when we when we find some good ones. And I didn't put it on the show sheet because I, I don't know if you've seen this one. If you have, you can just let me know. But th- this comes from Field Yates. There are four quarterbacks to have thrown for 4,200 or more passing yards and 33 or more touchdowns over each of the past two seasons. I'm going to give you the first three. I want to see if you can give me the fourth. So remember, 4,233 is the threshold. Tom Brady, not a surprise. Patrick Mahomes, not a surprise. Your Buffalo Bill, Allen, not a surprise. I gave you three. Can you give me the fourth? Mm, 4,200 yards and 33 touchdowns. Yes, sir. Over the past two seasons. So they've done it in back-to-back seasons. Oh, man. Let's see. Got one name that I feel like should be up there. All right, spit it out. Like let's, he's he's let's too see. obvious. Let me let me cycle through a couple more. Ah, no problem, man. Let's see here. Cycle away. I mean the the first name that comes to mind is is Aaron Rodgers. He has. Not I feel like he's it. too obvious. He has not done it over the past okay. two seasons. So after him. I feel like Stafford probably did it last year, but but not the year before. His last year with the Lions, he is, he is um, not the fourth. You're gonna kill me with who this is here. Um, I don't think it was Matt Ryan with the Falcons. Uh, who else would have that kind of passing volume? Burrow was hurt two years ago. Uh, I don't think Lamar Jackson has thrown for that much. God, don't tell me it's somebody like Ryan Tannehill or something. Not Ryan Tannehill. Give me, uh, give me AFC or NFC. It is NFC. Okay. Is this a, a shameless plug for your boy Dak? It is not a shameless plug for my boy Dak. Okay. I could see why you would think that because I'm that kind okay. of guy. So I get it. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Is it a, I don't think it Russ hasn't thrown that many touchdowns, I don't think. Not Russ. Um not Kyler. Not Kyler. Man, this is a... Uh, you, you can give up at any time. I will not hold it against you. <laughs> Man, not, not golf. Uh, it is, no, there's no way. There's no way, you say. There's no way. It's, it's Kirk Cousins. It is 100% Kirk oh my God. Cousins. <laughs> friend of the show. Oh your favorite quarterback's favorite quarterback. Kirk cousin, you like that, Drew? Mm. You like that? Mm. So there you go, man. Stat stat of the week. Uh, I'm hoping to make it a weekly thing, but sometimes they they just don't come up like that. But this one was a good one, and you, you kind of had me half right. It's a shameless plug. It is for my boy Kirk Cousins, um, but you know. I, I just I thought that would be fun. I thought that would be one that uh that we could That's all, a good one. all enjoy. So now that we we had a little bit of fun, let's get let's get into the news, man. Let's get into the news. Uh, so I'm just gonna read these off. There's a lot of them. Drew, don't hesitate to chime in whenever you feel like. Uh, I'm not gonna go to you after everyone because that could take a while. But interrupt me at any time. Uh, Geno Smith will start at quarterback for the Seahawks. So there is an answer to that question. Uh, Elijah Mitchell back at practice after missing all three preseason games. So I feel like that's mm. good news for Elijah Mitchell owners. Uh, th- this is, this is just a, a horrible story, but luckily it, it's, it's had a good outcome so far. Uh, commanders uh, running back, Brian Robinson has, been shot multiple times as a victim of a attempted and attempted carjacking. Um, luckily, I think the day after uh, he was posting on his Instagram that he was doing well. Um, and then either two days or three days after that, um, there were video or there were pictures of him in the commander's building uh you know, meeting with teammates, meeting with coaches, and, and mm. that's the best possible outcome. I mean, yeah, I'm not I'm in no way, shape, or form our doctor. We have one doctor here, and that's Doctor Drew. Um, but it's not even about football right now. It's about that this man uh, wasn't more seriously injured. Uh, if he if he comes back to playing football, great. Um, if he doesn't, I just hope that he is, uh, he's healthy, you know? So yeah. Uh, yeah. Terrible. I mean, I, you know, I don't care what your opinion was about, you know, whether or not he was going to win the starting running back job, you know, there are some things that are way more important than football and, uh, his life and his health are definitely more important than football. So I'm glad to see that. Yeah. Uh, what started out very kind of very scary when you first saw the news ended up, you know, looking like it, it, it's going well right now for Brian Robinson. Um, yeah. LaVisca Chenault traded from the Jags to the Panthers for a 2023 seventh and a 2024 sixth. So 
Mm. Oh, yeah. I what I saw uh, that that's more than I'd give up from in a dynasty league. Yeah. I mean, I mean, legitimately, even even right now, even post trade, would you give a fourth and a fifth for LaVisca Chanel? A 2023 I mean, fourth and fifth. Uh, at this point, I, I would probably give one or the other. I don't know that I'd give up both. He's worth a, a pretty distant dart throw, but I'd, I'd rather, uh, depending on the depth of my league, I'd rather probably have both of those picks. And, and I feel the same way. You could probably pry the fourth out of me if I was like wide receiver desperate in a deep league. Mm-hmm. But if you came to me, with a trade where I have to give up two picks for LaVisca Chenault. No, thank you. I'm good. And um, it's funny you made that reference because I, I agree with you 100%. Okay. Um, Kenyon Drake, obviously we talked about this. It was either last week or two weeks ago. Gets cut by Las Vegas. Um, and then he now has signed with the Baltimore Ravens. So I think he went from being on Vegas and not looking like he had a spot to being cut to now, I think ending up in like kind of a good situation for the first couple of weeks. We don't know what JK Dobbins uh, status is going to be for week one. Is he playing? Is he going to be on a snap count? And I think Kenyon Drake can be, a good, you know, mid-flex, low-end flex type deal. Maybe if you play in a league where you have, like, two or three uh, flex spots, you know, you don't have the traditional one. Maybe you have two or three. Maybe he's a guy that fills in that third flex for week one and two and can get you some points. Uh, so yep. good for Kenyon Drake bouncing back. Um. I wanted to put this on here because I had seen this so many times. Rojo makes the 53-man roster for the Chiefs. I saw a lot of people, a lot of beat writers, a lot of, you know, analysts. Doesn't look like Rojo's going to make it. Doesn't look like Rojo's going to be on the roster. He's going to get cut. Rojo survives. Now, I will say, because we've seen, we'll see a little bit later in this news dump. Mm -hmm. Just because you made it today doesn't necessarily mean you made it tomorrow. So uh, this is not a see Rojo is good uh, news report. It's a Rojo made the team. Rojo is, and they're carrying four running backs. It's obviously CEH. it's Rojo, it's Jarek McKinnon, McKinnon. Let's try that again. Jarek McKinnon, and obviously, uh, rookie superstar, and he hasn't even played a game yet, but he's a superstar now. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco. So that'll be interesting to see how uh, how that workload is split up. Is McKinnon the passings down back, or is that Ceh? Is Rojo or Isaiah Pacheco, the you know the running downs back, or is that see like there's there's so many combinations that could get messy in uh, in Kansas City at the running back position real quick. Um, all right, I'm gonna go through 
the quick uh, rundown. I probably didn't grab it, everybody, but I grabbed the people whose names that we probably know. Uh, players that were released on cut down day, uh, Duke Johnson, who I forgot to write, has actually already re-signed to the Bills practice squad. Uh, Josh Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Kellen Mond, Preston Williams, Tyler Johnson, who has signed with the Texans, uh, Jamichael Hasty, Kevin Harris, Marlon Mack, who has re-signed with the Texans practice squad, and just today, Trey Sermon. So 49ers actually cutting two backs here. Um, we'll see where these guys end up. I think some of these guys are going to end up either on other teams or on practice squads. Um, and once, you know, as long as you're hanging out with the team, you never know what happened, but what can happen. Uh, OJ Howard was another cut and then it looked like he was going to get signed by the Bengals, but then the Bengals got, uh, Devin Asiasi off of waivers. So I don't know if OJ Howard is still in the mix. I didn't hear anything about him signing today, but, um, I thought that would have been an interesting spot for him, uh, you know, going to uh, to Cincinnati, Joe Burr at quarterback, weapons all over the place. Let's see, you know, let's see what happens. Uh, Sony Michelle gets cut by Miami. Now he's back. He's back in L.A. But on the other, in the other locker room, he's now with the Chargers. So, Sonny Michelle has already pulled off the uh, L.A. double, and I think they've only been out in L.A. for what is this their fourth season now. So, uh, good on Sonny Michelle, and maybe the biggest news. And if you think I'm wrong about this, you can correct me. Uh, Jimmy G restructures his contract to stay with the 49ers. He, I think there are escalators in his contract that can make him the highest paid backup in the league. Uh, so, hey, I, I thought the, I really thought the only two options after Baker got traded to uh, Carolina was either you were going to have Jimmy G back on the 49ers or you were going to have Jimmy G in Seattle. He was yep. going to get cut and then he was going to sign with the Seahawks. So uh, he's the backup in San Francisco. Yep. So there you go. That was the news dump. That took a lot of oxygen on my part. Um, <laughs> and hopefully uh, we don't have this big of a news day until uh games start getting played yeah i saw somebody put out there today i, I think mostly as a joke uh the the 49ers really did the seahawks a, a huge favor by not letting jimmy g go there otherwise he would have played them into a middling pick and and helped them miss out on a top quarterback next year so uh, maybe that backfired a little bit but i know we've got something coming up here from the the timeline we'll talk more about him and i think i saw kellen mond got picked up by cleveland already too that's right. I did. I did forget to mention that. So it looks like him and Josh Dobbs will be battling for the backup spot behind 
Jacoby Brissett until uh, Deshaun Watson gets back, and then probably all those other quarterbacks get cut. But until then, uh, apparently there's a backup quarterback battle <laughs> in Cleveland. Backup so. to the quarterback, or backup to the backup. That's right. That's uh, you know, you're uh, you're not the uh, the assistant regional manager. You're the assistant <laughs> to the regional manager. Uh, so yeah. But all right, let let's check out the timeline. Let's let's get there. Let's do this. And this first one, as Drew mentioned, is from Tracy Kicker Edge Lord Supreme Hickman. That may be the longest, okay. uh, the longest name in the history of this show. At Fantasy Blogging, when Patrick Mahomes ascended, Casey got rid of Alex Smith. When Dak Prescott ascended, Dallas got rid of Tony Romo. When Lamar Jackson ascended, Baltimore got rid of Joe Flacco. When young QBs become starters over winning veterans, the veteran leaves. There's a reason why Jimmy is staying. So, Drew, this has been a hot topic Mm -hmm. on... On the Twitter, I think about half of Twitter says this is bad news for Trey Lance, and about half of Twitter is saying ain't nothing to be worried about. Everything is going to be all right for Trey Lance. So, Drew, who who are you with? Are you with the negative Nancys, or are you with the positive Patties? Who are you with? This is tough. I, I it's taken me a while. I've been really up and down on on Trey Lance, more down than up. I think. Um, I, I think at, at face value, I'm not a huge fan of this for him. Uh, he will, I think, be looking over his shoulder. Um, every mistake, there will be some. There'll be the question: Okay, how many more until Jimmy G comes in and replaces him? Uh, and I honestly, I don't even remember if it was this duo or somewhere else, but, uh, I think it was re- referring to Jimmy and, and Trey, but, um, you know, the worst case scenario is it becomes a Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of a scenario again, mm-hmm. which, uh, it isn't healthy for anybody. And it certainly isn't a way to help your franchise win. Um, there is, I, I think a, a fair chance, you know, I, I think there's a 20 to 30% chance that Trey Lance is just that dude. And he can tune out the noise. He'll play. He'll elevate. He's taken the last year and learned a lot. And he could come in and just make uh, make all the noise fade in the background in the first week or two, whether that's with his legs or um, you know just being able to to show that he's matured as a passer. But uh, I, I just think kind of psychologically, that's it's a tough ask to be in the driver's seat with uh, the old guy sitting in the backseat, potentially critiquing every move you make. So uh, I, I think I, I think it'll be a tough, a tough go for the duo. Um, I don't think it's healthy for the organization. Certainly not, uh, you know, what, what I would choose to do if I could avoid it. Um, but again, you got these guys on, in the front office that you assume are, a lot smarter than we are and have their reasons for making that choice. I know the the value of a solid backup 
I think we talked about it last year quite a bit, you know, having Trubisky in Buffalo, you know, there, we probably felt uh, like we had one of the best backups that if, you know, God forbid something happens to Josh Allen, you got a guy that knows how to win that's had QB one experience. So um, for a contending team, that, that means a lot, especially since he was willing to, to restructure, but um, not, not the way I would go if there's any way that you could uh, avoid it. So hopefully, like I said, I, I think there's a, a fair chance that Trey Lance just steps up and puts all this in the rear view in eight to 10 days. And, uh, you know, I hope he does. I hope the kid does good. Yeah. So this is an interesting, interesting tweet. And I, I want to break this down a little bit. So his first part is when Patrick Mahomes ascended, Casey got rid of Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes hadn't really quote unquote ascended. He had one week 17 game against, I, I think, the other team's second stringers, and he balled out. He, he was great. But they're, you know, and obviously coaches are watching practice, they're, they're looking at that. So they're seeing a lot of things that we're not seeing, you know, as fans. But there, there wasn't a body of work to say, Patrick Mahomes is what he is now, you know, we didn't have that body for it. Um, so the ascension had not taken place yet, I guess is, is what I'm saying. Uh, when Dak Prescott ascended, Dallas got rid of Tony Romo. Uh, the only reason why Dak Prescott got to ascend was because Tony Romo's back was fried. It was done for, um, yeah. And Dak took the ball and he ran with it. And then after that, you know, Tony Romo retired, you know, and now he's probably the best announcer in the game. But, you know, that wasn't a Dak Prescott has proven himself. Uh, so we're getting rid of this vet. It's more of this vet is physically shot. We can't continue to pay him because Tony Romo had still a pretty decent sized contract at that time. Um, and then when Lamar ascended, they got rid of Joe Flacco. And I, and I think that may be the most accurate one. I mean, Joe Flacco started that season. He, um, he was supposed, you know, he was, the, you know, okay. He was a fine quarterback. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't elite, but Not he also elite. wasn't, Huh? Not elite. Yeah, not elite. Um, but he wasn't trash either. He was he was fine. He was average. Um, but they made the switch. You know, they said, okay, it's it's Lamar's time now. We're gonna bring Lamar in. I think that was the most ascension out of all three of these uh situations. I, I mean, I just think that the 49ers are building the best team, you know. Now, the X factor in all of this is what is Kyle Shanahan saying? Does did he have his own hard knocks moment? And you know, hard knocks, you know, we've all been watching it, we've all been having fun with Dan Campbell, but we're gonna go to a to another hard knock uh season with not as not as good characters, but the Cleveland Browns hard knock season where mm-hmm. Hugh Jackson sitting in his office. He's got Tyrod in there. He's got Baker in there and he's got both guys sitting down. And he goes, all right, guys, Tyrod's the starter. And 
that lasted all of three weeks. <laughs> and they were they were getting beat down by the Jets on Thursday night. Yeah. And Hughes said, all right, it's time to make a change. We, we, we're going with our number one pick. We're going with Baker Mayfield. Now, if Kyle Shanahan has sat both of these guys down and said, it's Trey Lance's show, Jimmy, you're really only going to have action in blowouts? Or if Trey gets injured and he sticks to it, then this is just having a very qualified, capable backup for a team that probably a lot of people are projecting to make the playoffs. And you don't want Trey Lance to take a big hit week nine and have to pull out, you know, Cooper Rush. You don't want to have to pull out, you know, Nick Mullins, Nate Sudfeld, Nathan Peterman. The list goes on and on. Um, You don't want to be in that situation. They're in a situation where we hope it doesn't happen. But if it does, they have a guy who has been a starter in the league, has won games in the NFL, has won playoff games, and has been to a Super Bowl. That's the kind of experience you want to have solid on a team that is, you know, projecting to make the playoffs. So it all depends on Kyle Shanahan at the end of the day. That's how I feel about it. Um, And we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see if that that talk has happened. All right. The next one here is from our boy, friend of the show. Coast to Coast Dynasty Mercer at C to C Dynasty Merc. Who is your old wide receiver that has a chance to improve Dynasty value this year? If any, I think my answer is Stefan Diggs. New contract, chance to be the overall wide receiver one and tied to Josh Allen. So he took he took your boy. He took Stefan. Uh, is there is there one that came to mind, or you want me to start this one off? How do you want to play this? Uh, I, I had somebody come to mind, and I, I'm just curious. It, similar to Stefan Diggs, I, I don't know how far his values really dropped. Um, I, I think he had a pretty safe floor because of having elite seasons and being tied to Josh Allen. Um, I know the hype and the expectation for uh, Allen Robinson has gotten pretty high, uh, but he's he's somebody that I feel like uh, in this Ram system, if he finds a new home where, uh, you know, he gets back to winning or, you know, experiences winning for the first time in his career, maybe he gets a new bounce in his step, um, has a, a really uh, productive season this year, helps him run deep in the playoffs again. Uh, you know, he could have another season or two that he would be a really strong uh, dynasty value, which, again, he's somebody that I, I'm fine if, if people are out on him because he's 29. We don't know about switching teams, um, but I, I'm not paying anything close to a, an early second next year to get him. I, I want, you know, if I'm a contender, I want to throw my second that I assume will be late and see if I can grab him for that or if I can take a third and maybe – Somebody a little bit younger that people are, you know, somebody's 
really excited about Alec Pierce or something like that. I can take a third in him and, and get um, get Allen Robinson. But he's probably the first one. And then another guy that's moved teams. I'm curious to see where Jarvis Landry's value goes. I think his style, he could still be very productive over the next couple of seasons. So uh, I know I made a trade in a 12-team league this past week to get – I'm pretty sure we got Jarvis Landry for Khalil Herbert, which I was totally fine making that swap out. Um, we were pretty weak at wide receiver and take a guy that does nothing but catch a hundred plus balls a year and go to the bank, hopefully. So probably those, those are the older guys that are pushing 30 that, uh, I think maybe have gotten, uh, cut down a little bit further than they should, but really out of those two, it's probably Landry that I'm going over at cost more than I am Allen Robinson at this point. I like that. I like that. So. Here is a guy that I think can raise his dynasty value and hear this out because it's kind of, it'll make sense once I explain it. Devontae Adams, old guy, you know, and he's been dropping. Now, he's not like, you know, wide receiver 20. He's probably. If I, uh, you know, I don't have ADP in front of me, but I, I have to guess in Dynasty, he's probably what six to eight. Would you guess? So that's probably it's, fair. It's probably you probably say, well, John, six to eight. You know, how much can he really improve his stock? But think about this: what will he be next year? A year older. You would probably guess he drops another couple spots and he would be somewhere wide receiver 8 to 10, most likely. But I think he's with his college quarterback. They had one amazing season at San Diego State. And I think they can do it again. They're going to be in the AFC West, which is just going to be, you know, those six games are going to be shootouts. Uh, and they brought in Josh McDaniels to run the offense. And I think it's going to, I think he could be wide receiver one this year. And if he's wide receiver one this year, I wouldn't be shocked if people get hyped. They go, oh, well, you know. Devontae Adams, he looked really good last year. Maybe instead of wide receiver 10, where I thought he was going to be in 2023, maybe he's like wide receiver 3. Yeah, he's, uh, he's sitting at 8 right now, according to DLF ADP. He's sitting at 8. So probably next year, if you had to guesstimate, he'd be a year older. He dropped to like 10 with a mm-hmm. regular Devontae Adams season. But if he kind of pulls himself a a Cooper Cup type situation. Mm. Then all of a sudden, you know, because Cooper Cup jumped from, I don't even know what he was in 2021 to now, like the third wide receiver in most drafts. Well, imagine if, you know, Devontae Adams goes for, you know, 1,800, you know, 14 touchdowns, you know, with, uh, you know, a hundred and you know forty five, one hundred and fifty receptions. I mean, you know, we're going to throw him right up there in the top three. So that that's that's the guy I think uh, 
can really can really kind of old guy that makes you know that jump so yeah, there's another uh, another guy that depending on how you define old right somebody who's been in the league a long time uh, but is still uh, relatively young I'm, I'm looking at Juju Smith-Schuster as well somebody who's had six seven years in the league already and uh, you know his value has dropped pretty significantly after his injuries and um, you know some drama in, in Pittsburgh so depending on where you're grabbing him now um, you know he may be somebody who had a shot to be the overall wide receiver one a few years back uh, that you know maybe doesn't play up quite that high but um, could play himself into being a top 12 wide receiver again and who knows what you had to, to pay to get him on your roster this last year he's probably throwing back in January or something in, in some deals yeah Guess he could. I feel like his age might not be old, but his body is. Um, and can Kansas City would be the right offense to do it in, except I think the Chiefs like MVS and Sky more, more. Um, so and obviously you're always going to have Tra- Travis Kelsey there just doing his yeah. thing, not caring about what wide receiver is uh, has been brought in. So. Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, that. That's a that's the dark horse one though. That's the, so gotta get the dark horses in there sometimes. Uh, all right, let's hit this next one here. Uh, this is from Jamar Chase and Jalen Hurts season at J Money Jared, our boy J Money mm-hmm. Jared. Romeo Dubs and Cortland Sutton, or. Garrett Wilson and Rashad White. I'll let you start this one off here. Who do you want and why? It is Romeo Dubs and Corlin Sutton versus Garrett Wilson and Rashad White. Uh, I I am pretty quickly going to the Garrett Wilson and Rashad White side here. Um, I have not been in on dubs quite as much uh, as some of the other folks out there. Um, I, it's definitely a see it to believe it relationship with him and Rogers. Um, I saw the tweet a few weeks ago where apparently they're lunch buddies or they went to lunch for a day or something, but, um, and then Cortland Sutton coming off injury. I mean, I, I love that he's with Russ and I, I think a lot of people are projecting that he'll be the biggest beneficiary of Russ being there in Denver. But um, I, I like Garrett Wilson a lot. I think, you know, whether it's um, Zach Wilson or not there in the next season or two, you know, they'll get somebody that will be able to get them, get him and um, Elijah Moore the ball effectively. And then Rashad White, I, I love the attitude coming into camp this year. You know, he's playing to, to start. We'll see what, what happens um, with old man Brady after this year. But uh, there's a lot of opportunity that could be right around the corner after this season if it doesn't happen this season for him. Um, so those, I, I like that second pair of Garrett Wilson, Rashad white, and I'll take the, uh, I'll take the diversity there too, of uh, a wide receiver and running back that I think could both be really good in their offenses, you know, in the next year or so. All right. So it's, it's funny because trades sometimes come down to timing when, are you making the trade? 
if this trade was made in first week of June, maybe your rookie draft ended a couple weeks ago, you've finally been able to sit and absorb what your roster is. I think the Garrett Wilson Rashad White side would have more cachet, more value. But now we're like a couple weeks away from playing real games. And I don't know if Jay Money has a contender or a rebuilder here. So I'm I always assume in situations where I don't know that he's trying to win. He's trying to win games. He's trying to win a championship. And I think Cortland Sutton is going to have the most points out of all of these players this year, 2022. So I'm going to go with the Sutton and and Dub side. Now, I will say, the second I make that trade, I'm offering Romeo Dubs for a second. Like, I'm immediately spamming the league and going, I just got this new Romeo Dubs. You want Romeo Dubs. Get Romeo Dubs. And the first person who bites on that gets himself some Romeo dubs because I do not. I don't know if you heard the comment that uh, that Matt LaFleur made about the wide receiver core. He said uh, it's going to be by committee, which is literally what a wide receiver core is. It's a committee of guys Mm -hmm. that you use in different percentages in order to achieve some result. Um. That also doesn't give me a lot of confidence that they know who the best two guys are or the best three guys are, and they're just going to throw stuff at the wall until something sticks, and maybe Romeo dubs it sticks, or maybe it's Alan Lazard. Maybe it's Sammy Watkins. (laughs) I mean, they just got – Maybe it's Aaron Jones. Aaron, they just got Travis Fulgham off of waivers today. I mean, who knows? Hey, we, Romeo Dubs lit it up in training camp and lit it up in the preseason, but there's a laundry list of names that lit it up in the preseason, and, you know, they're just yep. guys. So, I, you know, but I'm trading that Dubs. I mean, that dub is going to get me a dub because I'm going to get a pick or two out of that. And uh, and I might have Cortland Sutton and mm. some picks. So, yeah, that, that, that was my reasoning behind it. I think Garrett Wilson could end up being the best player in this deal. But you need him to outperform Elijah Moore, which I don't think is a given. And have a quarterback capable of feeding more than one option. And we don't know if Zach Wilson is that yet. He could be, but he hasn't proven it yet. So let's see what happens. Here we go. Here we go. We got a question in chat. Let's throw this up here. Let's throw this up here. This is from Joe Schmo. I have Swift and Andrews as keepers. All right. I like that. All top wide receivers are keepers already, so I'm going running back at the number four pick. 
Henry, Cook, and Najee are the running backs that will be there. Who do you like out of those three? This is an interesting one. This is keeper, so we're switching it up. A lot of times we're talking dynasty, but this is the time of year where we start getting into redraft. We start getting into keeper leads. So, who mm. are we taking? Man, I think uh, I probably go to Henry first. I know he's coming off the injury late last year. Or I guess the, the injury happened kind of mid-season, then he tried to come back for playoffs, didn't go great, but uh, assuming that he's taking care of himself. Maybe he's had a heavy workload recently, but Titans lean on that run like no other. Um, Dalvin Cook is just, I feel like, such a a risk. Um, he made it made it out of the last year pretty unscathed, I think. But um, and then Najee here, it's a uh, you know new quarterback, which you would think would be better for him. But uh, I've seen some things too where uh, a couple of the the real doctors on Twitter are kind of rehashing some of the potential injuries that he's had over uh, his college years and yeah i think out of those three probably uh henry feels the safest to me with still real sizable upside so i'd probably go derrick henry there how about you josh it's in- it, interesting that you brought up injury history and you picked the guy that got injured pretty bad last year over two guys that pretty much stayed healthy so I, it's, a, it's a very bold move very bold move cotton as they like to say um <laughs> Zagging or zigging, yeah. whichever one. Um, I think I go with Najee here, and I don't know if this is a PPR league, so that or half even half that could change things. But you have um, you have a guy that we saw catch a ton of passes last year. And Najee. All right, Joe, Joe here is saying it's half point PPR. Najee caught a ton of passes last year. Let's say that comes down a little bit. It's still, it's still a lot. <laughs> uh, so Cook will be interesting because they have the brand new offense. They're they're bringing in uh, students of the Sean McVay learning tree. So that offense could become a little bit more explosive and maybe Dalvin Cook gets more uh, passing attempts. But we've kind of seen what Pittsburgh wants to do. Uh, I think especially whether it's Mitch Trubisky or it's the rookie Kenny Pickett, I think they're going to want to keep things simple, you know, get the ball out of the hand quickly and then take the deep shot when it pre presents itself um and i think that's good for Najee. uh i'll go with Najee, knowing that if derrick henry stays healthy for all 17 or even you know 15 or 16 he probably ends up as the highest point getter but man i mean dude's coming off a foot injury we know dalvin cook can be you know he can be gone in an instant. And, and the thing with Dalvin Cook is, too, is not not even that he misses games. It's the games where he is out for a quarter and a half, and then he's back in 
and then he's out for three series and then he's back. Like it, it's just, he has like three of those games a year where it's like, wait a minute, why, why is Dalvin Cook no longer scoring points? And then, you know, you see, you know, on whatever you're watching, oh, you know, Dalvin Cook has a, you know, a leg injury. He's questionable. Okay, great. So uh, I'll take Najee. Drew's going to take Derrick Henry. So Joe, um, who knows? Maybe maybe Joe takes uh, Dalvin that, Cook just because it's that probably means Dalvin that. Cook will be <laughs> the runaway best <laughs> running back one. Dalvin Cook. So God, uh, Joe, I, I I hope we at least gave you some information. I know we didn't help probably because we went with two different players, but uh, hopefully the information is helpful and it'll it'll lead you to making a uh, a decision. I like this. He said, "Appreciate you guys." Haha, ha, no Dalvin. There you go. Uh, throw us a sub. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Really appreciate that. And actually, before we get to the next one, uh, while we're in the middle of this thing, hey, if you're if you're watching right now, do like Joe did. Joe Schmo, hit us with the sub. Hit us with a sub. Hit us, you know, hit us with a comment. Hit us with the thumbs up. All that stuff is appreciated. So uh, let's Cheers. get to the to the next one here. Cheers. I love it. I love it. All right. So this next one here is from Todd Dynasty S Flex at Dynasty S Flex. It's liquidation sand. I don't know if that meant Saturday or that was my uh, mistype. That's autocorrect. So it should be liquidation season. Season. Ah, nah. Todd knows what he's talking about. Autocorrect doesn't. Uh, for me and my leagues, who are you trying to get value back as cuts, as cut downs, excuse me, for dynasty leagues are happening? I'm sorry. I, I PSA, uh, Todd did not type it that poorly. I retyped Todd's tweet in my autocorrect made him sound much worse as a speller than he really was. Todd, after this Todd. Todd, after this episode, I will uh, show Drew how to copy and paste. Uh, it is what I do so that I I don't have these issues. It's a I'm a doctor, not a writer. It, it's very true. You should see the way he signs his scripts, man. Can't even read <laughs> the Dr. Pra on it. Can't even do it. Mm. So um but all right, so Drew, are there guys that you're like, all right, I gotta get these cut downs. I gotta, you know, are there guys that you're like, you know what? I think I can squeeze some value out of this guy, or do you just hit them cuts and say, go with God? Hopefully, you make it somewhere else. Yeah, I, I am definitely trying to get any value, especially in Superflex leagues, since that's the vast majority of my leagues, uh, for any of these spot starting quarterbacks. So we talked about Gino, who's named the starter. He could be not the starter, you know, three weeks from now. But for any teams in your league that maybe have Drew Locke as their QB2 right now, I'll take I'll take whatever you send my way. I'll take a third easily. If you're going to send me like a fourth this year and a fourth next year, I'd rather have those picks and have those as throw-ins for other trades. Um, I'm looking at Jameis managers, Jameis teams. 
And if I have Andy Dalton, hey, you know, Jameis could be benched week six. Uh, you want you want a guy that's, you know, been a successful quarterback. Again, throw me a third, throw me a fourth. I'm, I'm open to that. Um, you know, there are some that are really, really uh, far at the, the end of the bench. You know, any of these guys that are maybe back in the practice squad, it's probably unrealistic, like a Marlon Mack or somebody like that. But if you've got anybody at the end of your bench that you can make a compelling reason why they may have value for a couple of weeks, especially for contending teams, throw, throw, some, uh, throw a few offers out in each of those leagues, see what you can get back. Um, that's definitely where, uh, you know, I found a little bit of success in the last few days where, um, you know, other, other contending teams are really just chopping a lot of the extras off, but you know what, you want to bolster that, that roster to make sure that you have viable starters at quarterback or maybe at running back. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of guys at, uh, the running back or wide receiver, but some of these tight ends too. Now I'm, I'm, I've got David Joko on a few teams. He seems to be getting more positive, uh, press here and, I've held on to him for too long in a couple of leagues. So you know what, especially in tight end premium, uh, you want to take him, I'll, I'll take, you know, I'll pair him with a, a third and see if I can get up to a second. You know, I'll take i uh, I'll take a third straight up for him. So some of those uh, end of the bench tight end guys that, you know, Irv Smith, I, I like, I've liked Irv for a couple of years. Uh, I, I'm open to seeing what people are willing to give for him. If somebody else wants to be the optimist this year, take your turn. So uh, I'm focusing mostly on quarterbacks and tight ends in my leagues. Yeah. So this is an interesting question because you can look at this and say, all right, I'm going to cut guys like, you know, your Denzel Mims. I'm going to cut guys like, uh, Amir Smith-Marset, even though his actual NFL team cut him today. You know, you're looking at those, like, last, whatever, two, three, four spots that you need to cut down to, and you're looking at, you know, trying to find the four worst guys on your team to just give them the boot. I think the play is more, hey, who who's the hype guy? And maybe get your value there. So kind of take a step up a little bit. We talked about him earlier in the news. Rojo, right? Rojo's on the 53, baby. He's He is a part of the Kansas City Chiefs. You want to give me a third for that Rojo? I'll give you a third for that Rojo. And then keep, you know, the maybe the rookie that is, you know, four string or the undrafted guy that maybe, you know, made it onto the 53 that you, you still have some hope for, you know, uh, you know, we've been saying this for weeks. You got Romeo Dubs, you got Isaiah Pacheco, trade those guys, you know, and get some, get some picks there. It does, you know, when cut down day happens, it doesn't always have to be your, your last four. Oh, Devin, Devin Asiasi. Devin Asiasi is, you know, now practice squad with the Bengals. I can cut him. I mean, you can. You can go that route, and there's there's nothing wrong with going that route. I'm, you know, almost positive unless you're in a super deep league with, like, a two-point <laughs> per reception for tight ends. Probably nobody's going to pick up Devin Asiasi because he's not good at football. But why, instead of, you know, 
well, you know, you can drop them if you want, or you can use them when the first guy that none of us are even talking about right now kind of emerges out of nowhere and use uh, use old Devin as the guy that you drop in order to pick that guy up. But why not trade these guys that, you know, getting a little bit of hype right now, a little bit. You know, you mentioned Gino. Gino's the starter, baby. He's throwing a DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and, mm-hmm. you know, whoever the running back is going to be. I don't even know who that's going to be right now. Um, and make those trades. Get get your value from there instead of trying to, to squeeze value out of the last three or four guys on your roster. Because let's face it, you you try to trade me a Denzel Mims for a fifth, I'm probably just going to be like, damn. I'm, I'll take the lotto ticket. I know Denzel Mims can't play in the league. The lotto ticket, there's probably, what, a 5% chance I get it right? But there's a 0% chance that I get Denzel Mims right. <laughs> so <laughs> my 5% chance is still better than a 0% chance. You know, and, and the same thing with, you know, guys that, you know, Jamichael Hasty and you know, mm-hmm. guys that we've seen get cut, you know, Trey Sermon. I'm I'm good. You know, maybe a guy like uh, Miles Gaskin who made the 53, right? Everybody thought he would be on the chopping block in Miami. And and Miles uh, Gaskin has has done some stuff in the league. He's he's produced. Yeah, maybe you say, "Hey, if uh if Chase Edmonds goes down, it could be it could be Gaskin doing his thing." Yep. You know. And that's the kind of stuff you need to look for, you know, you know, a guy like Mike Davis, you know, hey, sure, they signed Kenyon Drake, but does Kenyon Drake know this offense? Is Kenyon Drake going to be up to par week one knowing the playbook for, again, another team that they need to win every game because they're, you know, they're a team that's probably projected to be in the playoffs. Yep. You know, if he misses a block to help out Lamar, <laughs> do, do you think they're going to go, oh, it's okay, it's okay, Kenyon. It's cool that you just got Lamar smack. I don't think so. I think I think that's when Mike Davis comes in, who knows the plays, hopefully, and, you know, can pick up the, the, the blitz and do all that other stuff in the scheme of the offense. So, um, yeah, kind of look at maybe those – Guys that probably aren't the you know the bottom four on your roster, but you know you've heard, even if it's just recent, the camp buzz. Oh, uh, you know Rojo, Gino, Gino just got the job. You know, play on those things on guys that probably aren't very good, and then you know slide a third out of somebody. And I always say thirds. Third, especially in super flex leagues, thirds come in so handy. I, you know, I've picked up quarterbacks off of the waiver wire because the starter got hurt and nobody thought that guy was going to be anything. And people have traded me thirds for those guys. And they, Indeed. you know, I wasted, you know, maybe 10 bucks a fab and got a third round pick. But the reason why those guys have a spot starter now at quarterback is because they had a third round pick. So don't 
don't just that's a third round pick. Who cares? You know, yeah, it's a third round pick. Like it could be something. You know, it could turn into something else. So, um, there you go. I, I hope that I hope that helps you out, Todd. And hey, we've got another chat question, so let's throw that up here from our man's recovering Ridley Truther. Yo, guys, what's the most you'd be willing to buy Willis for? Malik Willis, we're talking about here. 12-team Superflex League. Out of 50-plus leagues, I have zero shares. Two seconds. Feels like most Willis managers want a lot, though. So I have some, I have some specific feelings on Malik Willis based on <laughs> I've actually <laughs> seen him a couple times in, in uh, preseason. You're, you're our uh, Tennessee correspondent, so I'm sure you've also seen uh, some of the preseason stuff with Malik in there. So if you're out there, you're hot for Malik Willis, you want that Tennessee Titan on your team, what are you paying to get him, Drew? I'm just looking. I, I think uh, with 50-plus leagues, uh, Ridley, I think you and I are in uh, a couple together that – I may actually have Malik Willis, so we we might be able to make a deal here. Um, as far as Ooh. what I'm looking to to pay to get him, oof, yeah, I I don't. He is uh, he has ridden that roller coaster of value. Right? I think back in January, Josh and I were both ready to to see him as the 101 in the draft this year. I was excited to see. You know, a couple of leagues that I had where I was QB needy, thinking, "Yeah, I'm going to take Malik Willis with the 101." Um, and you know what? If I if I have the 102, then oh well, I guess I'll take Brees Hall. And how quickly that changed. Um, you have a few uh, a few highlight plays this this summer uh, against you know second third team guys. You expect that from a mobile quarterback. You know, a couple of impressive sidearm throws, and um, you know he had. I'm trying to think, was it was it God, I can't even think of uh, what team it was, but um, yeah, he's made a couple of impressive throws, made some good runs, but he is not a, he's not somebody I'm going out and, and paying a boatload for. If somebody else is skeptical and wants to dump him off for my 23 second or possibly my 23 second and third, I'm not throwing two seconds at it though. Um, I don't, unless I just have an abundance of seconds and it's a luxury trade. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think a second and a third about is about as far as I go. I want my seconds next year, uh, mostly to be able to trade. I don't know how many of my seconds that I have I'll actually use to pick with, but again, the hype around this class, you know, unless you're getting something else back with Willis to, to give you a, a little bit of depth somewhere else, you know, I, I'd stick pretty hard to, you know, even if I think I'm going to have an early second next year, a single early second or a second and a third. How are you, Josh? All right. So, Drew, um, I'm going to apologize in advance because uh, I, I may just I just may kill any uh, any trade negotiations you were hoping to have with uh, Mr. Truther here. Um, I'm not paying anything. I'm just not. Ooh. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is the guy there. I've heard all this jazz about, oh, you know, if Ryan Tannehill gets off to a, to a rough start, Malik Willis is just coming right in. He's just coming in. 
just two game losing streak, three game losing streak. Cue Malik Willis. All right. So he's a rookie. I get it. His completion percentage in the preseason 54.9%. That's not going to get it done. And a lot of that was against, you know, future accountants, future insurance salesmen, um, not the NFL's elite. So once once the starters get in there for four quarters, it doesn't look like it would get better. Uh, if, if you're lucky, you stay the same, and 55% completion is just not it. Another thing that Malik Willis has not figured out in the preseason is how to avoid sacks. In the last two games, he was sacked seven times. I'm sure some of that, I haven't watched every sack, but I'm sure some of that is holding on to the ball too long, hoping to make the home run, trying to find a lane to run through and it not being there. And instead of throwing the ball away, he holds, holds, holds and gets sacked. Um, If the Titans are so bad that they make the decision to change from Ryan Tannehill to Malik Willis, Malik Willis would have to be phenomenal in order for that high pick to not be used on a quarterback next year. (laughs) Um, He's got third-round draft capital, and as we know, when it comes to quarterbacks, you have to be phenomenal to not only get a starting job in the NFL, but keep a starting job in the NFL. I mean, you know, we can look at guys drafted after the second round. You know, we're talking about guys like Russell Wilson, pretty damn good quarterback. We're talking about guys like Dak Prescott, pretty damn good quarterback. Obviously, the GOAT Tom Brady, six-round pick, you know, probably the best to ever do it. But, you know, those, you know, I'm not saying that's the entire list. There's more guys, but you're you're seeing kind of what level you need to be on in order to get a starting job in the league and then keep a starting job in the league. You you gotta be like almost a top ten guy to do it. So can Malik Willis do that, especially if it's in a shortened, you know, let's say halfway through, he gets nine games to prove himself. Can Malik Willis prove himself on that level in nine games? I don't know. I don't think so. And that's the reason why I'm out. They're either going to be as successful as they've been the last couple seasons and Malik Willis never sniffs the field, or they're going to be really bad and Malik Willis would have to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league in order to keep that job and not be replaced. So sorry, Drew. Again, I didn't want to do it, but uh, I'm, I'm not paying for Malik Willis. Sorry. I didn't mean to crush uh, future trade plans, but uh, that's just one man's opinion. You guys keep making them trades anyway. Drew, trade all the seconds for Malik Willis <laughs> or get all the seconds for Malik Willis. Do whatever you want. I'm just, I'm just here to offer. Uh, I'm sending you uh, my offer. I have Malik Willis in our 14-team our sleeper league. And you're, sending, you you're sending me one. <laughs> good. All right. Hey, listen. Now, 
He could be part of a package. I don't mind taking him on as part of a package. That should be your goal, Drew. Figure out a way for me to take Malik Willis this oh, week. Oh, God. See, see if you can work a strategy where I end up accepting a trade for Malik Willis. You would have to be creative. I'll just say that much. You would have to be very creative <laughs> to make that work. But, me, but I, I think you are. So have at it. Um, mm. While Drew is trying to come up with that master plan, let's move on to the next one here from Stephen Matola. I hope I said that right. At Stephen Matola. Now, this is a redraft question. And we're at that time now. It's redraft season. Is it stupid to consider Justin Jefferson or Austin Eckler over Christian McCaffrey at the 102? So we're also assuming that this is your standard one quarterback. I don't think it is. Nope. I don't. Not Justin Jefferson. Let me let me preface that. Justin Jefferson, I don't think is stupid. Austin Eckler, not stupid, but it's not what I would do. But Justin Jefferson, no man. Like you're you're talking about a dude that broke what like all the rookie records until his teammate Jamar Chase came in the next year and then broke all those records. But and and that was in. A Mike Zimmer offense. An old guy that just defense and running. That's how we're going to win games. And Justin Jefferson did that in that type of an offense. What can he do if this is supposed to be a Sean McVay-ish type offense? (sighs) (sighs) We're sweating over here. Thirsty Thursday is about to start a couple hours early. Might need to hold both of us down because the thoughts of that is like. With a quarterback that's thrown for over 4,200 yards and 33 touchdowns the last two seasons. Comes full circle, baby. Comes (laughs) full circle. That's the podcast, folks. Have a good night. Have a good night. Kirk Cousins. Take Kirk Cousins at the 102. How about that? No, but no, but yeah, why, like, why is that so hard to believe? You know, that Justin Jefferson, like, I'll say it again, can't have a mini Cooper Cup like season. And I said it with Devontae Adams, and, and the argument for Devontae Adams could be well, Derek Carr has never really shown that he can be that prolific, you know, and maybe he'll just do it with one guy and, and Waller and Renfro suffer. And it's just, you know, Devonte Adams getting everything. You can have that argument too. But as the, you know, as the crazy stat of the week said, Kirk Cousins has been that prolific. We may not think it, we may not even believe it, but it's field Yates and, they, I'm sure they have a crack team at ESPN of, you know, s- statisticians. So I'm sure that's correct. But Kirk Cousins has proven he can be that prolific. So why couldn't Justin Jefferson be that guy? Oh, 
I forgot because Jalen Rager's there now, right? That that's the guy who's gonna cap Justin Jefferson. Remember, Jalen Rager was taking one pick ahead of Justin Jefferson. He's got that talent, right? That's that's what I'm gonna hear. But oh my god. But yeah, like and let's face it, pe- people don't want to say it because, you know, well, no. Injury prone isn't a thing. And injury prone isn't a thing. But there's a certain point, there's a certain amount of touches where running backs normally break down. And it's been two straight years. And I keep saying maybe this is the year that he plays 15 and he is averaging 30 points a game for 15 games. Possibility. But it's also a possibility that he misses half the season again. He's done it the last two years. Yep. So uh, give me all the Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Like to me, this isn't a Justin Jefferson or Austin Eckler over CMC. This is Justin Jefferson over CMC. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm fine with it personally, you know. Especially if this is like a start three wide receiver type deal. And your one is Justin Jefferson. Every week, you know, your one, except for maybe the weeks that you're playing Jamar Chase, your one is better than their one. Yep. And that's a maybe, by the way. That's not a definite that Jamar Chase is better. That's a maybe. That's depending Uh, on matchup. That's depending on, you know, a host of other things. Like, Jamar Chase is really the only maybe. Every other play, doesn't matter who you get. You're like, oh, I definitely, you know, I I have this at the wide receiver one spot. So why not give yourself that massive advantage? You know, especially in a in a league where you're starting three, or maybe you have uh, multiple flex spots. So yeah, Steven, I got no problem with Justin Jefferson. I don't think Drew has a problem with Justin Jefferson. Nope. So. Go let's for it. Yeah, let's do this. Move on to the next one uh, from JRS at That's Stutz Up. I don't know what a Stutz is, but it's up. Uh, Dynasty, Superflex, PPR, which side? Now, he won the championship last year. So, mm. JRS, congratulations on that dub. I hope you got like a ring or a trophy or something or just even that a little. belt. Yeah, even a little thing on the app that just shows that you're better than everybody else in your league. He said he's a contender again and that he would get the Travis Etienne side of this deal. So let's let's throw it out here and see what you guys think. Zeke and a 23 first or Travis Etienne and a 23 second? Drew has that look like he does not even want to hear this question because there is an obvious answer. So, Drew, what's the obvious answer? Uh, I am all for taking Zeke and his productivity this year with that 23 first. Less than two for two. Two for two. And, And Drew nailed it. You know, we don't know. Now, here's the thing. We thought Travis Etienne was going to be that dude for Jacksonville because James Robinson was dealing with this injury 
and now James Robinson is Superman, and it looks like he might be ready for week one. Now, I don't know if that means James Robinson is 100% of old James Robinson, but if he's there, he's going to cut into Travis Etienne. You know, even if he's 75% James Robinson, he's not going to be the guy anymore. He's not going to be the guy touching the ball all the time. But Travis Etienne isn't going to be the guy touching the ball all the time either. And Zeke, listen, people people want to bag on Zeke. You know, oh, yeah, Zeke is a top 10 running back, but he's like, you know, 16th in points per game. But guess what? Every week, you know, in that RB2 slot, Zeke will be there for you. He's consistent. He's reliable. And guess what? We keep talking about the fact that, you know, Dallas has lost Amari Cooper. They lost their their number one receiver from last year. And, well, that means, you know, that CeeDee Lamb is going to get 200 targets and Dalton Schultz is going to do what he did last year. But guess what? That offensive line is kind of in shambles right now. It's not looking good. Lyle Collins gets cut and moves on to Cincinnati. Tyron Smith just ripped his hamstring off the bone. I mean, that that is that is not your dad's Dallas Cowboys offensive line anymore. Now maybe the young guys put it together. You know, first round pick Tyler Smith is now going to be starting at left tackle. Uh, you know, I was on a pod actually talking about this uh, a couple days ago. He's a he's a tools guy. He's got all the tools in the world. And if that offensive line coaching staff can, you know, show him how to use those tools and turn them into something, he could be a pretty d- damn good left tackle. But we don't know. Uh, Nick Martin is a stud. He oh, he always has been and always will be until the day he decides to retire. And there's a lot of question marks. So pretty much four spots on the line you got question marks about. So what are they going to want to, you know, what is something they're going to want to do in passing situation? Hey, we got to get it out of Dak Sands as soon as possible. We can't have Dak get hit three, four, five, six times a game. Can't have it happen. Zeke can catch the ball, baby. I think Zeke, I think people are really underestimating what Zeke is going to do in the passing game this year on top of whatever he puts together in the running game. And in a PPR league, give me that running back that I think I think he will have more receptions than uh, Travis Etienne this year. So I don't know if that's hot takey. I'm not saying it to be hot takey, but yeah, give me Zeke. And then you get the first on top of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what good – dynasty players do is they win now and they build for later that's why we call it dynasty leagues you're trying to build dynasties you're it's fun to win one don't get me wrong i love winning leagues i do but nothing's better than when you win a league and you look at your roster and you go man I'm i'm probably ready to win this league again next year and i have two first round picks and I have two second-round picks in a 2023 draft that we think is going to be loaded. Oof. 
and let's go. Like, let's do this. So, yeah, I think you're going to get the better player and you're going to get the better pick. Dude, that Zeke thing, man. Uh, we mm-hmm. went two for two. Uh, Drew, Drew was so shocked by the question. I saw Drew's shocked face. Like, are we <laughs> – this is a question? And the thing is, this was a pretty new poll when I pulled it up, but it was 56-44. So it was kind of close. It wasn't a blowout by any means. Uh, so, you know, but I like the question, and I like that – I like that JRS is, is – he's out there. He's trying to make his team better. He's not saying, I want a championship – and that's it for me. I'm going to roll into the sunset. He's trying to make the team better. I just don't think this is What it. about uh, – what if the picks are switched for you? What if it's Zeke in the second for ETN in the first? So he won. He's got the Zeke side apparently. So he could buy a couple of years back and get a first if he gave up Zeke's productivity in a second. That's a good question. Um, I think I'd do it at that in that case because I, I think Zeke and, and Etn should come out with similar productivity this year. Again, assuming they both play a similar amount of games, um, but to reset and to be able to get a first and give up your second. So if you can get them to to flip the picks, JRS, and you can get a first for you know, and you have to add a second and a third maybe, but you get into that twenty three first again. Um, that I would be, I'd be more inclined to do. Yeah, I think you're right because you're, you're buying some years and you're getting a first round pick. So you're getting younger with ETN and you're getting a first round pick on top of it. Um, so yeah, I think, I think personally I would do that. I think I would, um, I think I would do the deal if, if it was switched around, um, but obviously, um, JRS would be getting the ETN side. So if we switched it, he would be getting ETN and the first. <laughs> so maybe that's what you should you should do. Uh, if the deal was offered to you, switch the picks and see what see if we can get ETN and a first for Zeke yeah. in a second. And yeah. uh, and like I said, and, throw throw one of those thirds, right? Maybe you you're churning into the roster. Add one of those thirds that you got back, or whoever you would trade for that third. We love thirds. We love thirds. So we got one more. So let's hit it on our way out. This is from Mike Ruggieri at Mike underscore Ruggi. Who are you more confident in for redraft? So back to redraft. Brees Hall or the previously mentioned Travis Mm. Etienne. So Drew, is it? Brees Hall or Travis Etienne? Man, that is tough. Uh, in Dynasty, give me Brees Hall pretty easily. Um, for this year with the Jets in their state. Yeah, Jets versus Jags. <laughs> Man. Um, I think I I probably take Travis Etienne there. Uh, second year in the league with Tra- Trevor Lawrence, who he, he had a lot of success with at Clemson. Um, opportunity to rebrand the team a little bit. Uh, I think we've just seen good running backs. You go back to 
JT, you go back to even Dobbins in the same class. You think about Javante last year and unless uh, you're probably drafting one of these guys, your RB two. So um, if you can get, if this is, if you're sitting at your RB three, then I, I will take Brees Hall and I, I can be patient. You know, if he's my bi-week filler for my, my two studs, if you go RB heavy or something like that, but um, you're most likely drafting one of these guys, your RB two somewhere in, I, I don't know, the fourth round or so. Um, I probably take ETN knowing that he could also catch, assuming you have some sort of PPR built into your league. Um, Brees, I don't think that he can't catch, but just, I don't think he gets incorporated that early that quickly, unless he is just a lot better than a lot of people thought he was this year. And a lot of people thought he's pretty good. So, um, I am begrudgingly, this is probably the first time out of 10 Travis ETN questions we've had in the last couple of months that, uh, outside of the ETN side. All right. So I think we've, I think we've done a lot of agreeing on this show, Drew. I'm just kind of looking over the questions again. Just, but we disagreed on Dubs and Sutton versus Wilson and Rashad White, Garrett Wilson and Rashad White. But I think this is one where we're going to disagree again. Um, I'm going to go with Brees Hall here. And we hear this in Dynasty. And now I'm going to apply it to redraft. Talent over situation. I think that Travis Etienne is in a slightly better situation. Just slightly. Just a, a bit better. But I think Brees Hall is the more talented player. Now, what does that mean? Who knows? Because I don't think we're going to fully understand how both of these teams are going to deploy running backs until probably the first month of the season is over. Because if James Robinson can go week one, what what is that timeshare going to look like? I don't think we really have a good idea about that. And what is the what is the running back situation in New York going to look like? I mean, it seems like they're still committed to Michael Carter. You know, he's still going to have a role. Now, is that kind of like JT, his rookie year, where it was a Still a lot of Naheem Hines, and then you know, about halfway through the season, they took the training wheels off, and JT did pretty good. I don't know, you know, what we don't. So I, I think it's hard because there's not a lot of clarity yet on how the running backs are going to be used. But when it's close like this for me, and it is close, I go with the more talented guy. I think Brees Hall is the more talented guy. And I would pick I would pick him in redraft if uh, running back was going to be what I picked and those were the top two guys on my list. Um, but Mike, unfortunately, uh, another another unsatisfied customer because Drew and I went on opposite <laughs> ends of this thing. And but uh, yeah, I mean, I joke around. It's all we. It's great when we agree, obviously, but it, it's also great when we disagree because we can give both sides of a story and then it can be up to the, it can be up to the listener to decide which side of the story they like more. Um, 
I I would normally say go with Drew because he's smarter, but you at least have some facts for the other side in case you uh y- you need them. So talking about facts, fact of the matter is Drew, we're out of questions, man. We we uh we scoured Did the it. timeline. We we talked about the things that people are talking about, and let's face it. We've been here for an hour and 23 minutes, so it's probably time for us to get the hell out of here. So on that note, uh, thank you to the chat. We got a couple of great questions. Uh, Joe Schmo, yep. Recovering Ridley Truther with some great questions. And thank you to everybody else who was watching uh, along with us. Uh, just remember, I mentioned it midway through, but... Hit subscribe if you haven't already. Hit the hit the uh, the thumbs up. Leave a comment. All that stuff is really good. Uh, I like when people do that. I actually have to remember to put that on my checklist to to check the uh, check the old comments because I don't always remember to do it. But when I do, I always respond. Or even if it's just a you know a great job, guys. I hit a little thumbs up on the comment to uh, to show our appreciation. Uh, Listen, if you're listening in the podcast form, I get it. Wednesdays at nine doesn't work for everyone. And that's cool. If it's just easier for you to uh, listen to us on, on your phone while you're at work or exercising or cooking dinner, whatever it is, appreciate you because, you know, almost an hour and a half you could literally be doing anything else. You could be watching yeah. another YouTube video, listening to a, another podcast, reading. Like there's so many other things that you could be doing, and you've decided to listen to us. So thank you again, and remember to all of our podcast people, make sure you subscribe or follow or whatever your podcast directory says to do because they're all different now. And if you have the ability to leave a a rate and review, that helps out. There's algorithms and things involved. I don't know anything about it, but apparently the more of those we get, the more people can see us, and that's what we're all about. So uh, I think that's everything. I think I hit everything. Through. Sounds good. If not, we'll do this again next week, and I'll remember the stuff that I forgot. So on that note, Ah, we are out of here. Late.